It's time for Love Talk with your hosts, Kathy and Carrie. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the love ladies. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and you are listening to KTXW The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk, where we are building bridges of love and leadership here on Love Talk for 37 years. Um, our first lady of love had her birthday last weekend, 91st birthday. What an absolute blessing. And of course, I have with me my beautiful friend and co-host, Kathy Enderbrock. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Coach Carrie, it's great to be with you this morning. Listeners, it's great to be with you as well. We are so excited about a special guest that we have in studio with us today. We're going to be talking about listening to God's voice. And you think, wow, how can that possibly happen? How can we listen to God's voice? Well, we're going to talk with a mom of a bunch of busy boys uh, about how she listens to God's voice and uh, where where God leads her to step out and to step in um, and love and embrace others. So, friends, we're just excited about the program. And, Carrie, we're like right in the middle of a time when we're supposed to be listening to God's voice mm-hmm. during Lent. You mm-hmm. know, we talk about setting things aside, sacrificing things for the Lord, at freeing up our time so that we can speak spend time with him. Mm -hmm. So I love that this program falls right in this period of Lent. Absolutely. And, you know, I committed um, over these 40 days to first thing in the morning, spending time with the Lord. And, um, you know, I I kind of started it off. I, I, I wasn't joking last week when I said this. I really did mop the floor while I was praying. Um, and, you know, that's a big deal for me. I don't mop very often. And so, <laughs> anyhow, um, but there's also been quiet times this week where I just wake up and um, grab my cup of coffee and just spend time with the Lord. And I know for some of you friends, that is an everyday occurrence. Um, for me, that's not always an everyday occurrence. And so I've really committed to that over these last, um, well, for the for the 40 days leading up to Easter, um, which began uh, the season of Lent began last week. Um, so I've, I've really enjoyed it. And Kathy, I tell you, it just gives me a different perspective of my day. Um, and whenever I start it, just listening to the Lord and spending some time with the Father. Now, Kathy, what about you? You said you were committing to listening as well. I know. I'm kind of giving up my will, I guess you could say, for Lent because, you know, there's so many things that I have on my to-do list and things that I want to do. And, you know, when I wrote this book, My Voice, His Heart, Um, God really pressed on me, you need to include a chapter on listening. And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, okay. And so I'd gone through, you know, about prayer and adoration and thanksgiving and confession and repentance and what the difference between those two things were and then asking and how we can pray for others and all this. And I thought, okay, I'll do listening. And I thought, oh, my goodness, instead of listening being the last chapter, maybe it needs to be the first chapter But then God really showed me, you know, so much has to happen in order for us to listen. We have to get rid of all those voices of the world and the enemy, all the misdirection and lies that the enemy speaks to us and Mm -hmm. that all these things that we've we've wrongly believed. And and we have to really clean out our ears, if you will, and clean out our hearts so that we can actually hear God's voice rather than our own, rather than the world, rather than the enemy. And so um, we just, so over this um, Lent period, um, I'm just asking the Lord, you know, help me to focus on your will, will, to abide in your will, to clean out my ears and to clean out my heart so that I can hear your voice and hear it clearly and step forward where you would have me step forward mm-hmm. and to keep my feet still when you'd like me to keep my feet still. And so, um, you know, Lent isn't just for Catholics anymore. All of us can take <laughs> advantage of it because, hey, why not spend 40 days really seeking God? I think it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Well, Kathy, um, I don't know about our listening friends, but my kids uh, have spring break this week. So last week was filled with um, 
tests and papers galore. Holy cow, they were so busy. Um, so I'm hoping that this week they can get a little bit of a break. Of course, McKenzie will be working all week at, at Chick-fil-A. We're going to start this week uh, with a couple of days with some dear friends, one of whom is in studio. We're going to um, head to the lake together to another friend's lake house. So that's going to be super fun. We're excited about that. Uh, what about you, Kath? Any of your girls coming home this week for spring break? You know what? Aaliyah is meeting us in Phoenix, and we have some friends that uh, just bought out a little um, condo overlooking the ocean on, I think it's called Rocky Point or Rocky Hill or Rocky something like that. I don't know. It's, <laughs> okay. it's over in the Sonoma area. Um, you, you have to cross the border into Mexico, but it's in Spanish, it's called Puerto Peñasco. Oh. I don't know. Uh, Eric says Eric calls it Rocky Point or something like that. So we're okay. meeting her in Phoenix, getting on a shuttle and driving for four hours to go spend a week on the beach with our oldest and just Excellent. having a little bit of fun with her. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited about this week of just maybe slowing down just a bit, although things are ramping up for graduation for the girl. I mean, you know, all of that. Uh, what that entails, getting all the pictures together and all that, and I'm the worst picture mom on the planet. And so that has really kind of caused me some anxiety getting all of that together because I'm like, I don't even know where they are. And so um, I have to look on this computer and this drive and in the cloud and all the places and try to figure it all out. Um, and so that, that's that been um, quite a chore, but uh, what fun getting to look at that little baby face um, as we prepare for graduation here in the next couple of months. Um, wow. I, I want to start with our key verses for today as we are going on this journey today of listening to God's voice. And friends, I, I really think this program is going to blow your mind. Um You've got to stay tuned for all three segments today. Um, this, I have to tell you, this program has made me a little uncomfortable. And once we get into this, you'll understand why. I mean, why is listening to God's voice uncomfortable, Carrie? Well, because a lot of times God asks us to do things that are way out of our comfort zone. Um, all right, Jeremiah 33.3. Call to me and I will answer you. Did you hear that, friends? Called to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Wow. Okay, we're starting there. Proverbs 16:20. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Um, you know, Kathy, for years I've kind of known that when I meet people, I can, I, I don't know what it is. I, I hadn't been able to put my, my hand on it or really a name to it, but I'd always felt like I had this intuition about people when I meet people. Um, like, oh, wow, man, I, I think those people might be struggling with something. I don't know what it is. Or, oh, I don't think that person is who they say they are. I don't, I never knew what it was until recently. I, I don't, I, maybe a friend spoke this to me, but the, you know, it's the, the gift of discernment. I really, and I think I've shoved it to the side for a long time, but I really do feel like I kind of have this gift of discernment and now my kids they kind of make fun of me they're like really mom don't tell us that we don't need to know um <laughs> what you think um I'm like no I I think I do need to say this um but uh anyhow our special guest today is a good friend of mine named Ginger Hobbs Ginger grew up in Mississippi <clears throat> on the Gulf Coast and God led her to Texas for college, to Baylor University. How about that, Kath? Um, I love it. To Baylor University, where she met her husband, Kelly, and they were married after they graduated. They just celebrated 30 years of blessed marriage this past summer, and they have four sons um, who, are, who are all incredibly – now, Ginger, in your bio, you wrote smart first, but I'm going to put funny first. They are smart. They are wicked smart, just as are you and Kelly, but they are 
also very funny and incredibly interesting young men. Um, they're almost all grown. The youngest is a junior in high school. Um, and Ginger has spent her life involved in some type of ministry, whether it was church or as, as a volunteer <clears throat> at school. And in this season of her life, she has a wellness-oriented business. She's an entrepreneur. And it makes um, – she loves being able to just talk to people about building healthy and strong bodies. It's not exactly what we're talking about today, but that business has led her to meet many, many people. And it allows her the flexibility to do whatever God puts in front of her for his kingdom. And that's why I wanted to have Ginger on the program today, because it seems like lately God has really been moving in her life. Welcome to Love Talk, Ginger. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I tell you what, it's great to have you in studio today, Ginger. Um, listening friends, I have to tell you a quick story. I, here's how I met Ginger Hops. <laughs> I, was, um, <laughs> I was on a playground. My kids were little, 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 probably three and two, somewhere around there. And um, I'm sitting on this park bench next to this other lovely mom who has four boys that are all over the playground and they're running around and and we get to chatting and then two of her boys get in this little scuffle. They start to kind of tussle with one another and one kind of pins the other one on the ground. And I had kind of been around these other mamas that would have jumped right up and gone and, you know, separated the boys. And um, <laughs> Ginger just sat there and kept chatting with me. And she goes, I'm just I'm just going to see how this one turns out. And I thought, oh, my stars, I love this woman already. Can we please be friends? Um, and so she just let it play out, and both the boys were fine and literally playing together within the next 30 seconds. Um, but I loved that about her, her easygoing nature, and um, her son, her youngest son, and my son, and your daughter, Kathy, are uh, your baby daughter, are all the same age. And um, my son and Ginger's son, Zach, have just been the best of buddies um, for now 17 years, really. Um, they're just precious, precious friends and always fun to be around. I mean, they they are so fun. So that's how I met Ginger. Now, Ginger, tell our listening <clears throat> friends how you came to know that God loves you. Okay, that is an interesting question. When when you ask that, you know, my my brain filled in the the blanks of tell me how you became a Christian or tell me how you got saved. But that's not what you said. How do you, know, when did you know that God loved you? And mm -hmm. I, I have to be honest and I didn't, I must have known as a small child that he loved me, that he cared about me because I remember like we didn't grow up with instruction in the home about God or Jesus. We had Bible story books on the shelf. I had little, I had a Bible that I had received from whenever went to vacation Bible school or something. But I know I believed in him, and I know that I thought of him as a source of comfort because I have memories of, you know, pulling my this little Bible into bed with me and holding oh. it or pretending that this teddy bear was God. You know, I just know that there was some mm. in, in summer camp sitting on an outdoor amphitheater and feeling this breeze blowing and somehow knowing that's him, you know, mm. but it wasn't until <clears throat> I was 16, summer before my senior year of high school, that I understood after going to church with a friend over and over again, just because her mom made us, you know, <laughs> spent the night on Saturday night, you have to go to church. <laughs> she knew, she grew up there, so she, it was a Baptist church, so it was the gospel every Sunday, and it just kind of became more of an understanding that, no, I, I need something, like I need to be saved and he died for me and that understanding sort of grew and I was a you know rebellious teenager so there was a lot of things I had to cover when I made that decision but <laughs> he I I understood my need for a savior when I was 16 mm. and fortunately I was going to a church that had a fantastic youth group it was a I think it was a revival season, actually, for that youth group because we mm -hmm. kind of all ushered in. And it was it was God's timing, but I had an instant fellowship there. And so I was able to get discipled one year of high school before I went off to college. You know, it's very interesting. The guest that we had on last week, Ana Castillo, she talked about her experience as a young child as well and just feeling the Lord and having a very vivid dream. Mm-hmm. 
of Jesus mm-hmm. with little children all around him. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that you would, you knew there was something bigger than you out there and you would hug your teddy bear and pretend it was God and pick up that Bible, um, you know, to have that faith of a little child, but then to have it grow into a personal relationship when you're old enough to know that you need a personal relationship with the Mm -hmm. Lord is so incredibly special. And I also know part of your story, so you go off, oh, friends, we've got to take a break. (laughs) When we return to Love Talk, we'll have more from Ginger Hobbs and listening to God's voice after we hear from our sponsors right here on Love Talk right after this. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Love Talk. You found the love ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader in studio with my co-host and beautiful friend, Kathy Endebrock, and my other good friend, Ginger Hobbs, today. And I just want to say a big thank you to you, Gavin, our producer, who makes us sound amazing each week. <laughs> thank you, Gavin, for all the work that you do for Love Talk. We sure do appreciate you. All right. So, Ginger, you came to really have a relationship relationship with Jesus when you were 16, and then you decided to come to Texas, mm-hmm. to Baylor University, to go to college, and you end up meeting your spouse at Baylor um, through Campus Crusade for Christ. Is that right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Okay. Well, I did um, have about, like I said, one year of very good discipleship in a healthy church youth group. And I learned about this Christian school out in Texas. A couple of my youth group buddies, actually girls that I had grown up with, were going to go out there. So we ended up, four of us from Gulfport, Mississippi, trekking across to, to Texas to go to school. And immediately, the first thing we did as the, you know, doe-eyed freshman, we saw a meeting chalked on the sidewalk that said Campus Crusade. We're like, oh, that sounds good. Let's go. We went the first week. They were um, advertising for their fall retreat. So all of us, we just, they called us the amoeba because we went everywhere together. <laughs> there was the girls on my hall. The girls on my hall, they ended up being at my wedding. It was just the, the very best setup for a successful college experience for me so we went on this retreat and we got involved in their discipleship program so I had someone right away pouring into me and then Mm. they are very systematic about you know encouraging evangelism encouraging discipleship so I was involved in that primarily for the whole four years and this first summer I went on a summer project to Panama City Florida spent my summer doing that and then every spring break they would go on some sort of a trip and I guess it was junior year. No, second year. They went to Mexico, which is ironic because now we go to Mexico for mission trips. And that was the first time I technically met my husband. He remembers that I was a smart aleck joking around with these guys from Oklahoma. (laughs) And he said, hey, I know you. And I looked at him like, I don't know you. And he said, no, I see you every time I go to economics class. You have this T-shirt. It says, Jesus is Lord, and it's a Campus Crusade T-shirt. Jesus is Lord, and then it has it in different languages, like Cyrillic and Japanese. He goes, I'm bored in class, and I draw your shirt. So I He said, has oh. been watching you. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and I turned around and kept talking with the guys from Oklahoma. And that was – it was another year before we ever had another conversation. The next year, that trip went to Daytona. And we took a bus. And so it was my friend Amy and I and Kelly and his roommate. And we sat up the whole night. They were hilarious. And we were laughing. And we really, actually what we talked about the whole time was our parents being divorced and what that was like. And so we kind of got to know each other very well. And then we started dating after that. There's a story there, but I'll leave that for for the day. And then um, the very next year, we went back to the very same place, Daytona Beach, Florida. This was our senior year, and he proposed to me on the beach. Oh, and we got married. So, yeah, so we we formed our the basis of our relationship in this ministry environment, which was great because, you know, we both had the expectation. This is how we're going to live our lives. And so we fortunately everywhere we went from day one, we were always involved in a church and some sort of small group. So that's a huge a Mm. huge part of having your success. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because you're never alone. You always have somebody to hold you accountable. Uh, have fellowship. I love that Kelly. Ginger, <coughs> Kelly was drawing your shirt. Um, I mean, yeah, he was, I know. He I'm like the back of you. Yeah, the back. The back. Because I was in the front row. No, he's gonna love hearing this. I, I was in the front row. 
as a good student would be. You know, right. He was court bored in the back row. Drawing it was shirt. economics. This okay. is why I changed my major. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear he was drawing the back of your shirt. Right. Okay. That's well, <laughs> I would have probably noticed that and put a stop to it. <laughs> that would be something I would have known was going on. <laughs> I love that. I love all of those. What is the, there's a little thing, it's called uh, the cute meat stories or something um, like that. And I love that you talked <clears throat> to him for about 60 seconds and then ignored him for an entire other year. But right. he was patient. He endured. He had perseverance. And when the time was right, he stepped back into it. I love that. Mm-hmm. It just, um, that's that's an incredible guy. So <laughs> I, I want to talk to you. You know, we, we have these great love stories and you know we talk about how we first knew when Jesus loved us and then we we get to experience love with that special person that God would just bring into our lives and I think sometimes as we get to know love our perspective on love changes and hopefully for the better hopefully it grows and expands can you can you talk to me about your perspective on God's love for you and and how that has changed and why that's changed? Yes. Well, I think, you know, I think probably my early time as a Christian was pretty typical. I think for someone who comes to know Christ as a teenager <clears throat> and, um, you know, growing and understanding unconditional love and what it means to, you know, if you love me, you obey me. And I had a, you know, a true relationship with God. I grew. I learned to read the Bible and praying. And, of course, I had a Christian marriage. We always were in church. And kind of like you, Carrie, you know, it was always a, a Protestant, non-denominational church where, um, you know, you learn to read the Bible. And I've been to all the Bible studies. And it was all very healthy. And then I raised all these kids, right? And then you're just surviving for the most part. But it was very important <laughs> to me that they all, you know, they knew the, they knew the Lord. And I was doing all the things that I was supposed to do. And I, I had a true, like this is, I'm not saying I didn't have a real relationship with God. But in the last few years, I feel like, kind of like Carrie was talking about recognizing, you know, something about you that's, different or unique Mm -hmm. um it was it the catalyst to this sort of i don't know if the word is revival it's almost just like a refreshing i guess a, a, a a new level of understanding of god's love the catalyst of it was a few years ago one of our sons went through somewhat of a crisis like it wasn't horrible but it was something that very much interrupted our expectation I actually spoke with him this morning and he gave me permission to talk about this um he had anxiety in college and it was one of those things where if it had been sort of a minor consequence we might have said you know have some counseling and do this and go back but it was a, it was a it, his situation was so abrupt and serious in the way that it came to an end that it it just slammed on the brakes for me because we were the Christian parents we had the Christian marriage we were had our kids in the Christian school we go to a church with the name Bible in it they go to a school with the name Grace in it and and I think a lot of things that I learned from that experience was just asking him questions like how how did this happen what happened and I think the thing that stopped me dead in my tracks was I said You know, at some point, like people who are struggling with this, you know, typically will ask God for help, will reach out. This child has been in church since the day he was born. And I said, did you ever reach out, like cry out to God for help? And his answer was, well, no, because everyone else seems to be able to handle it on their own. So why can't I? And I was like, where Mm. did this lie come from? And so Mm. I just started asking God for help and I started listening to other people and I started hearing a lot of similar stories. And so I couldn't, it changed a lot of things right there for as far as parenting, but it also started me on a journey. This was just a little bit before COVID and around the same time, God brought a new friend into my life who had a lot of spiritual gifts that were different than mine and new. And she began to speak into my life. We prayed together. We had kids the same age. And so when COVID came, I had begun this um, process of listening to God more. This was a person had said to me, Ginger, you know, you talk a lot. <laughs> and and I, And that's great. But do you think, have you ever thought about when you spend time with the Lord, 
just listening and not talking as much. Because she said, because here's what you do. You talk, you ask people for input, and then they start to answer you and you start to explain yourself more like, well, let me tell you what I really mean. Like, have you ever just sat and only listened to God? I challenge you to do that for 30 days. Can you spend all your time when you're with God just listening? And it was just a trigger. It reminded me of something like, you know, I had a book about that once. And what was the name of that book? It was called Discerning the Voice of God. So I said, you know what? Yes, I'm up for this challenge. I can just listen for 30 days without talking. And I went back and read this book, and it was like God used that whole thing to show me. Again, it's a very good book. It's Discerning the Voice of God by Priscilla Shire. It's theologically sound, but it allows for experiential things that might be unique to you and me, like someone walking up and saying, the Lord wants you to know you're doing a good job or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, mm-hmm. And so it was, it was very balanced, and so much of what I was doing was like God was downloading things to me in the quiet I recognized okay when I think about scripture out of the blue what is that and did I just make that up and then I started journaling about it um and when I say God uses lots of things I mean he uses lots of things Amazon recommended a book (laughs) and I don't like I don't discount anything Amazon recommended a book called the art of listening prayer I said, well, I'm going to get that on my Kindle. And it was amazing. It was like a devotional, that textbook, while it showed you how to do this. Like, read this little section and sit with a pen, write your question to God, and wait for him to answer. And so, Kathy, what you were asking, what is, how did this affect what I thought about God's love for me? And, Carrie, you said it makes you uncomfortable when you think about listening to God. This is the kind of thing that happens when you open yourself up. I started asking myself, why am I uncomfortable mm-hmm. about this? Mm-hmm. And, and, and and when you're sitting there with a blank notebook, you have to wait for the answer, <laughs> right? And it was, okay. And, and for me, this is one of the ways God speaks to me is just I have to, it slows my thoughts down to write, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. What it ended up making me realize is I was a little bit nervous about what he might say. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because I'm, he might say go to Africa and be a missionary, and I didn't want to do that. It was because he might say something like, you know, you really messed up, or I'm kind of disappointed in you, like you didn't obey me. And it start, mm-hmm. so I started to dig into that. So you talked about, about, Kathy, the lies that you believe. I started, I mean, the short version is through that process, it uncovered a lot of things that I believed about God that were not true. And a lot of things about myself that were keeping me from really having this intimate relationship with him. And a lot of them were based on things that I can trace to my childhood. Not that anybody did anything to me purposeful, but approval, seeking approval, getting attention by accomplishing things. For me, it was school, you know, um, feeling like I really wasn't that important, didn't really have anything to say. This is where, you know, gets interesting where we are now because I'm talking on the radio (laughs) (laughs) and um, he began to tear down those strongholds in my life that said you're not you're not really good enough God's not really that interested in talking to you so if you if you ask him a question he doesn't answer it's just proving that he's too busy yeah I I don't Mm -hmm. know these are the kind of things but, but we worked on that and I replaced those lies with truth and and one thing in particular was this friend said to me, Ginger, you are hearing God. You know, I'm affirming that you're hearing God because what you're saying, he's telling me in my spirit that you're, you're hearing God. And as you spend more time with him, you will hear him more clearly. And I was reflecting on that, and he kind of re- revealed to me. I said, you know what? That, that was all very positive. There was nothing judgmental there. <laughs> but if it were me talking to myself, it would have sounded like this. You know, if you would just get up and quit being so lazy, God might do something for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know how you talk to your kids like that? One, you could say mm-hmm. things negative, you could say things positive or as a coach. Mm-hmm. And and I was praying and it just, he said to my spirit, I've never spoken to you that way, Ginger. That's mm-hmm. never been me. So anything that you have believed, like I would describe the way I felt <clears throat> about God coming to God as like, a kid walking up to the teacher's desk with their paper just, you know, 
putting it out. With the head down. With the head down. and Shoulders the, and, slumped. And the teacher is just sitting there with a red pen. Let's go. I'm ready to correct you. You know, and mm-hmm. that, is, that is not God's character. And so the reason I'm telling you all this, this broke down some of the things that were keeping me from fully opening myself up to God. And so then this all was going on during COVID. We had all this time. So God's sovereignty was allowing this time period and this life lesson to, first of all, reveal to me some of the things that I'm putting my security in. Because what that thing that happened with my son rocked my world because mm-hmm. it it was my identity. Right. You know, this. how have I done this so poorly for my son to suffer this way? Right. Okay. And so we had to work on that. But um, so now... <laughs> The, a big, the biggest fruit of that was that I don't, I try not to think about things out of fear like I used to. Like, I better not do this wrong, so I better figure out if this is really God. Well, now, and to get to the how you listen to God, if I hear something that sounds like a prompting, instead of going, how do I know? I might make a mistake. This is going to be wrong. I just err on the side of trusting God because... He can fix it if I'm wrong, right? <laughs> What's the right. worst thing that can happen? And that was so freeing to me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just me going through this. Like Carrie knows, I have several friends, and we talk about this all the time, about how religion and legalism has made us fearful screwing up, whereas God really wants us to live in freedom and victory and an adventure. I heard somebody say the other day, it was a pastor, uh, a podcast I was listening to, and he said, you know, when you're following the Spirit and doing the things that God tells you to do, it's such an adventure, you're really not thinking about not sinning anymore. You're just living the life. <laughs> you're just having a and, grand and, adventure. And, and here's the thing. I have Now that I know what that feels like, I don't want to go back to living that way. Right. You know? And so it's caused me to to sort of take off my church-slash-religion goggles. Not that that's bad, but how many things am I doing because somebody told me I should or I think I better or is um, God's going to give me something? Now you're seeking it? the adventure that is God, not seeking to follow a set of rules to get to God. Right. And seeing God himself, like right. God yeah. himself. And I think if you as a child somehow get the message that you're in the way, I'm tolerating your presence. Yes, I like you, but for the most part, I got to do stuff, and I'll get to you when I can. And, oh, you oh, you got straight A's? Oh, yeah, come over here and talk to me about that. I mean, that's an oversimplification, but those are right. the emotions. Like, if that just made you feel something, that's kind of the way I felt about God. Is I, I need to get my stuff together. He probably loves me, and I know he is using me, but I there's a limitation because I haven't gotten it all figured out yet. Wow. You know, I think... I think that is exactly right. God delights hearing our voice. And when you think of, you know, you think of a a musician tuning the instrument, tuning it to his ear, Mm -hmm. where that's a pleasant sound. And God made our vocal cords. He tuned them. He gave us the exact voice that we have. He loves hearing from us. And I think that, you know, the the Bible says that his his children not only hear his voice, but they recognize Mm -hmm. his voice. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the more we learn about God's character, the more we understand this is we're able to discern this is his voice Mm -hmm. and this is not his voice. Mm -hmm. And one of the things um, in my heart, or my voice, his heart, that I, I, I take um, the ladies through in learning to listen to God's voice, I take them through a passage in First Timothy chapter 5, and God very clearly lays down how you are to approach correcting someone. And he says, you never do it harshly, um, but you treat them like very... Um, you know, like revered fathers or younger brothers or or um, dear mothers or sisters who are young women in all purity. And so if God lays out this same standard for us to speak with one another, how much more mm-hmm. does he adhere to that when he when he talks to us? So mm-hmm. when he speaks to us, regardless of the sin that we have in our lives, he's mm-hmm. going to he is going to speak to us as young women in all purity. And, and I just love that. I mean, that's a, 
that that is an encouraging voice and never a belittling voice. I think if we ever hear something that is belittling or discouraging, we can know straight away that is that is not God. Yes. That's not how he speaks to his children it's from the enemy. That is, yeah, that is that's is huge. And, and when I talk to people about this, if I have just a few minutes, that is exactly what I say. If you feel shame, it's not God. Because shame, for women especially, Mm -hmm. if it's shame or silence or, you know, what you said, harshness, now that I know what it feels like to be gently corrected, and Mm. that is, that's the easiest way. Like, does God sound like that? And if it's not, it's not him. It's the enemy. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. the enemy has been doing is masquerading as conviction when it's really condemnation. And we need to learn the difference. And I think people, once they recognize that, can be set free in so many so much can be gained in your Christian life if you let go of following the voice of shame and condemnation. If you start paying attention, you'll hear how many how many times people say it to themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, wow, that is super powerful, especially for women, because we mm-hmm. carry that stuff around for decades, for yep. decades, Ginger, mm-hmm. and it bogs us down in every area of our life. I really want to get to some of the things that the Lord is really doing supernaturally in your life right now. You know, this is the part that makes me uncomfortable. You've you've told me over the last several conversations that we've had that the Holy Spirit is really working in you and through you and that he has bought, brought people into your life who the Holy Spirit is working in them and through them. And I I want to briefly tell this story, friends, a few weeks ago. My son and his girlfriend were at this restaurant eating, and they walked in after Ginger and her friend were sitting there eating as well. My son and his girlfriend walk in. Ginger did not see them, and of course, um, you know, the history with with Ginger and Logan there. They know each other very well, but um, they did not speak to one another because Logan didn't want to interrupt her with her conversation, and Ginger's friend saw Logan walking into the restaurant. And um, she didn't know Logan. She didn't know him from Adam. And her friend, Ginger's friend, gets up and goes to the restroom. And while she's gone, Logan makes a crack and, and, and Ginger turns around. And so they start having a conversation. Well, Ginger's friend comes back to the table and says something to the effect of, Oh, you know him? The Lord has been telling me to pray for him, but that would be creepy and I was asking for a way I was looking for a way to pray for this young man I was I was asking the Lord to open up an opportunity Mm -hmm. for me to pray for him and there Ginger was talking to him y'all that is not a coincidence so Ginger I mean expound on that a little so your friend comes over and prays for Logan right Mm -hmm. I, I mean she puts his hand on him and Logan said it was powerful. Now, friends, again, we're talking about a 17-year-old young man at at breakfast with his girlfriend, okay? And and this mm-hmm. woman comes up and puts her hand on him mm-hmm. and prays for him. Ginger, he was so touched. He was he was so touched, and he thought, "Mom, that's that's from God. That lady didn't know me. She didn't know I had an injury." Okay, you want to tell you the backstory of that too? Yeah, she's she's trying to learn how to discern, how to do what you're talking about. Listen to God, and because I know the I know Logan's story, so she's trying to follow the voice of God as He's prompting her and be obedient. And we all know nobody has to say it. We all know there's that moment of like, oh, what do I do? Like, what are they going to think? And what if mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Or that you know. Because nobody wants to be that person. But this is what we have to recognize. It's actually God's voice. And she stepped out in obedience. And so I'm like, do you understand what God's kindness is as he's helping her learn to develop how to hear his voice in a position where he's asking her to do something uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. And here I am. The one who has made the door wide open. I was like, oh, I'm going to make this big connection. Well, no, God already did it. And in his kindness, he put me there to make it easier for her. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? It's connector. not about me, Logan, her. It's everything. And what's 
the, you're saying like what kind of spiritual supernatural things are happening. It's situational. It's not like I wake up in the morning and go, Lord, it's going to use me today. I walk in. Somebody's there. It's too cold to walk. Why do we walk? We go to Sweet Lemon. There's Sweet Lemon. Why is Logan there? I have no idea. Why would a boy be in a girly restaurant <laughs> on a Friday morning? <laughs> no, no. All of those things had to happen. Right. I can't. I like to follow the thread, but I can't keep up with the Lord. So I just show up and sometimes stuff like that happens. But it's not me. It's just being there. Y'all, there's so many, there's so many more stories about how Ginger is just listening to the Lord and how the Lord is using her as a connector to connect Mm -hmm. people to show God's kingdom. When we return to Love Talk, we'll talk more with Ginger Hobbs about how she's listening to the Lord, friends. And I've already learned so much today. I already have just a, just a whole different way of thinking about things. Um, that's rattling around in my brain. So you, you will want to stay tuned to Love Talk, and we'll be back right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, 101.1 FM and 1120 AM. Friends, you can also live stream at thebridgeaustin.com or go see us at our, at our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. We always love hearing from you on Facebook at Love Talk Radio. So come and visit us. Well, we are talking today about listening to God's voice. And we have a very special guest in studio with us, Ginger Hobbs. And the first two segments, friends, wow. If you missed any of the first two segments, go and grab that at our archives at Love Talk Network. You can also go to your favorite podcast site and you'll you'll see the podcast listening to God's voice. And you can grab that and just listen to it when you're on the way to uh, to work each morning or on the way to the grocery store, as I often do. Well, Ginger, you've been talking with us pretty openly about listening to God's voice and the steps really that you've been taking um, over the last few years and the way that God has really grown you in in his understanding, in your understanding of his love for you. And I want to talk to you about something that you are just super passionate about and, and your hopes for other believers what you want them to understand and what what you want them to step out in what what are, what is God moving your heart these days to really step out in and encourage others in well i think that when this 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 is a pattern in my own life when something becomes super life changing to me i can't help but pour it out <laughs> carrie knows and that's why you know Carrie's talking about this, like I walk around everywhere I go, something supernatural happens. It's really just, I'm so excited about whatever God has shown me through his word. And I want to say that's the primary way that God speaks to us, right, is through his word. And when you take a step of faith, like just someone, a prompting in your mind, like, why don't you call so-and-so and and talk Mm -hmm. to them about this? Mm -hmm. And then that person says, you know, you, you mentioned this, and here's this part. This is how things happen. It's just a, it's a subtle voice, a suggestion in your mind. And if it sounds like it might be the Lord, why don't you just take a chance and act on it? And I think we probably all have successes in that area and maybe times where we haven't. But what I have found just by, you know, reading, reading the word and in this context, this all was happening, really starting to stretch me during – COVID when we weren't necessarily meeting in our churches, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, and also you guys remember how things were in those Mm -hmm. days. It was kind of chaotic. There was a lot of um, drama. There was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of discussion, division, anger, fear. Mm -hmm. And God drew my attention to the book of Ephesians and this issue of spiritual gifts, which is not a new topic for me. Like I even knew what my spiritual gifts probably were and I have taken other people through study to learn how do you serve God by finding out what your gifts are and by finding out what your heart is and your passions. So this wasn't really new to me, but because God was just sort of opening up my mind to new things and we had all this time and Mm -hmm. all this quiet and, you know, um, I began to read with sort of fresh eyes scriptures like Ephesians 4 where he's talking about how Jesus is giving out the gifts. And he says, um, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets and evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, 
to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. And this is the part that jumped out at me as if there was a spotlight on it. Then we will know then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. And what I was looking, I thought, Lord, that is exactly what we where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not better. It's worse, right? So you think about we all have young adult children, we have teenagers, and if you want to talk about um what is happening in the world, tossed by waves, mm-hmm. blown around by every wind of teaching, human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. So if you reverse engineer that scripture, how do we do, how do we get there, Lord? How do we get to a place? I mean, the rest of it is even better. Speaking the truth in love, let us love talk. Let us grow mm-hmm. in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, from Christ, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Okay, so what what that looks to me like a healthy church, a healthy body of Christ, gets that way by every part doing its, its job. And so when you back that up and think, okay, where are, I ask myself, where are these people? Where are the apostles? Where, where are the, the prophets? prophets? Where are the prophets? Where are the yeah, evangelists? evangelists? Where are they? And furthermore, furthermore, <laughs> if this was a time where people were so angry because they couldn't go to their church. And I was like, people, you've got a Bible and the Holy Spirit. And some of you have a gift that you can use to encourage and equip others. These leadership gifts are given to equip, not to do everything. Mm. And so I just had to look real honestly at my own tradition, my own lifestyle. And Mm -hmm. what was going on is a little bit of a crisis because what we've been used to doing is showing up and having somebody tell us what to do. And so Mm. what I saw and what I see now is a lot of people just listening to the Lord, finding out what they're gifted at, and taking action and what this is all that I'm doing, Carrie. I mean, it, it, it sounds real dramatic the way you describe it, but <laughs> I I talk to people and they say, that's interesting. I want to learn more. We have coffee. Boom. We have a small group. We start talking about this. We're talking about spiritual bondage being broken. We get together, marriage stuff, kids stuff. And it's, it's the Holy Spirit. And then now, so, okay, that's two years ago. I'm asking, Lord, where are all these gifts? Well, a couple of weeks ago, they're sitting in my living room. We all did a spiritual gifts test. Guess what? A lot, of, a lot of my friends have the gift of prophecy. Who wouldn't thunk it? But nobody ever talked about it. So the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, these are just words that you say. You know, when you and I are talking, I say, Carrie, that sounds like blah, 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 blah. You know, and, you know, this is what Scripture says. I'm using the spiritual gift of wisdom, and you're saying, you know, I've got that idea about that person. And when we're in a room together, things happen at an exponential rate because the Gifts are working in unison and unity together. Mm. And what we're kind of accustomed to is silos and ministries and people. And I, this is amazing when you see this in action. Because if somebody speaks into your life from a gift of wisdom, that is God speaking through them to you. And you could sit there and wring your hands and scroll Facebook and look on Instagram and ask your friends. And you would not get that information. But God has it for you. But it's through the body. And the body is designed to work mm-hmm in a healthy manner so we have a healthy church and then we reach out to the lost people you've said so much i i i no in a good way but <laughs> i think it was in the last segment you said that your friend spoke to you and said ginger you you have a lot of words and she said it in a way that you could receive that right i can only imagine how that conversation went <laughs> i can't and, take that from a lot of people right 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 but you can take it from her right hey ginger have you ever thought about listening right mm-hmm. and so you did And then you started getting people together, and the Lord started using you as a connector Mm -hmm. to um, connect people together. And you've even recently kind of happened upon Scripture about people God used in Scripture to connect other people to the kingdom. And you're like, really, Lord? Okay, so I'm the connector. Okay, I get it. And so you had all of these women. How did these women come to sit in your living room like these were just 
different people from different areas of your life that you've met over the last few months and you just said, hey, we're getting together on Saturday, come over? How did that come about? Um, it's some of them I've known for 20 years. So this is a long game. Okay, that's the other thing that I've realized. God has, God does not do things the way we do them where he decides one day that he wants to start up a revival and so he puts some people together. He does that sometimes, but no, it, it's just, it started with all these small groups of women. One, you know, they came from friendships, the, the, I didn't tell you, but I, I, at the beginning of COVID, I had two Zooms I was leading going through that book about listening to God. Right. Some of them were friends that I met that I've known for years, just said, hey, let's do this, because that's what I do, Carrie. I just yeah. tell people, and they go, yeah, that sounds interesting, and so let's there you have it. a small group. It's not as hard as it turns out <laughs> that we make it out to be. And uh, and some of them were them, and we stayed connected. Some were people that I've met. Some were God put the person in, like I said, where are these gifts in my church? I know one person who does this. I'm going to take her out for coffee, and we have a talk, and I just literally say, hey, Beatrice said her name on the radio. Hey, Beatrice, you know, you're interested in this stuff. Let's talk. We have a great conversation. She says, let's keep talking about this. And then in a couple of weeks, she introduced me to two people. One of them is the lady that prayed for, for Logan, Logan. And the other one is another friend. And she listened to God's prompting who said, I've noticed she hasn't been at church. I think I'm going to reach out. Ginger said she's got a group of women. I'm going to connect them. So she connected them. So the people that sit in my living room on that day, are some of those people, but most of them I know very well, and they're on the same kind of journey. But I sat in my shower, which is where I get my ideas. I felt this sense. It wasn't a voice. It wasn't a thing. It was a sense of urgency. It's time to get them together. And February 12th popped into my mind. So I reached out to them. They came to my house. We worshiped. We prayed. We we did some stuff I've never done before, but it was so edifying. And I was like, yes, Lord, this is what you're doing. And that was from you just hearing the Lord's voice. And it wasn't an audible voice. It wasn't, you know, this crash, boom, bam, a sign on the side of the road. It was just, hey, get the people together, Ginger. And then February 12th comes into your mind. That's from the Lord because mm-hmm. you're seeking his face. Friends, we are we are out of time on Love Talk. I can't even believe it. We could spend another hour with Ginger. I, I pray that you, when you when you feel like you're supposed to go to pray, go pray for someone, just do it, mm-hmm. friends. That's from the Father. You know, when, when you have dinner and, and you have a whole bunch of it, invite those friends over and have them eat with you. Bless them with that meal and just time spent together. Friends, we love you here on Love Talk. We're here every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. And, of course, you can go to our archives at Love Talk Network. For my good friend and co-host, Kathy Enderbrock, I am Coach Carrie Brinkader. And we'll see you right here next week on Love Talk.